Every year, people all over the world make resolutions or set goals for the new year. I mean, who hasn't heard someone say, new year, new me? But here's the tea. According to recent research, while 45% of Americans make New Year's resolutions, only nearly, merely 9% actually do them. <laughs> Damn, that is a low-ass success rate. 9%, that's definitely an F, a failure, right? But have you ever wondered how did this New Year's resolution thing start? How long have people been making New Year's resolutions? And more importantly, like, why? <laughs> well, keep listening because today we're going to answer all those questions as we look at the history of New Year's resolutions. Welcome back to That Wasn't In My Textbook, our bi-weekly podcast that helps us uncover the things we always wish we learned from that boring, bulky textbook. And I'm your host, Toya. And this podcast is like if Anthony Bourdain and Rihanna had a child, that would be us, the podcast. With topics like the history of cannabis to the history of surfing, this is the history class you never knew you always wanted to take. And today we're going to talk about the history of New Year's resolutions, because that definitely wasn't in our textbooks. Believe it or not, people have been making resolutions for 4,000 years. Yep, our ancient homies started this. Of course, resolutions back then were not the same as today. In ancient times, life was much more simple. Folks were like farming and shit. Life was basic in a good way. They weren't worried about hitting the gym or spending less time on social media. So how did it all begin? And what kinds of resolutions were ancient folks making? The history of New Year's resolution doesn't have one single starting point or person who can take credit because all different types of cultures all over the world have been celebrating New Year's and creating traditions since the beginning of time. But the earliest record of New Year's resolutions started 4,000 years ago. Picture this. It's the year 1983 BCE, Before Common Era, aka a long, 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 long time ago. And we're in Mistopia, which is modern day Iraq. And life here in the Middle East revolves around growing crops and cultivating the land. No, there's not a Trader Joe's around here. Now, the Babylonians, who were brown folks, by the way, people of color who lived there, being the trendsetters that they were for New Year's celebrations, held their festivals in March when they planted their crops. As March 21st approaches, everyone is mad excited to start celebrating new beginnings because New Year's 4,000 years ago was on the calendar in the spring to align with planting crops. And it happened on the equinox, a day that had equal amount of of hours of daylight and equal amount of hours of night. It was giving abundance. It was giving growth, okay? It was giving spring, like, you know, when the flowers and all that shit comes out. Babylonians not only celebrated New Year's in March, but they also had a 12-day New Year turn-up called the Aku Festival. Each day of this festival had a different activity or ritual of some sort. And during this time, they either crowned a new king or stated their loyalty to the current one. And so this is where resolutions come in. 
the Babylonians weren't vowing to hit the gym or cut back on sweets. They made promises to their gods, an effort to be one of God's favorites, trying to lock in a year of good fortune. They probably were like, Lord, if I do this, make sure I get crops on crops on crops. Babylonians pledged their allegiance to gods, and they also, you know, pledged to the king and committed to settling their debts and returning borrowed items. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 4,000 years ago, resolutions were to the gods. Seems like they had a little bit more weight to them than what they do today. Because, you know, as you can imagine, cross those gods, break those promises, and the Babylonians believed you'd find yourself out of the gods' good graces. And of course, no one is trying to have beef with the gods. And I feel like with the threat of God hanging over you, like whether or not you believe it, maybe it's the universe, a higher power. I'm pretty sure the success rate of New Year's resolutions would be much higher than the 9% that I stated earlier in America today. It wasn't until 1813 when records show the first use of the phrase New Year's resolution. And it was published in a Boston newspaper. And it said, quote, and yet I believe there are multitudes of people accustomed to receiving injunctions of New Year's resolutions who will sin all the month of December with a serious determination of beginning the new year with new resolutions and new behaviors and with the full belief that they shall thus escapate and wipe away all their former faults. End quote. And from 4,000 years ago up until now, New Year's resolutions are something that everybody and their mama are making all around the world from North America to Asia. Whether they're rooted in religion, like back in the day with the Babylonians, who again were brown, you know, Middle Eastern. So, yeah, whether your resolutions are rooted in religion, like back in the day, culture, or entirely just an individual practice, New Year's resolutions seem to take different shapes in different forms, in different cultures, and in different countries. And so that's the story of how New Year's resolution started with our ancient homies, the Babylonians, who often get credit because they have the earliest record of people making promises for a new year. Emphasis on the word records, because I'm sure other ancient civilizations throughout the world and, you know, indigenous groups throughout the world during those 4,000 years ago had their own New Year's turnips and New Year's resolutions, but maybe they just weren't on record, like written down, right? Because writing was just like a new thing and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be like it was founded by them, but the Babylonians have the earliest record of doing something as close to resolutions that we have today. And this is just one example of what laid the foundation for the way we make New Year's resolutions and setting personal goals at the top of the year. Now, as usual, I always do my Toya takeaways, which is just something that I learned in doing the research for this episode that I found very insightful. And so my one takeaway, I only got one, y'all, was that in ancient times, New Year's started in the spring with crops. And yes, I know this episode is about resolutions, but that really stood out to me and it made me question whether the success of people completing New Year's resolutions would increase from the sad-ass 8% rate that we have today to a higher rate if we actually started New Year's in the spring. Last year, I remember seeing a lot of people talking about how spring is the real New Year. People argue that spring coincides with renewal, rebirth of nature. And so that's when we should come out of hibernation. A lot of us do anyway, right? We come out in the spring, we come out of hibernation, we come out of our seasonal depression and we're just, we're just feeling lighter. We're feeling 
excited. We're outside more. We have more energy. And so a lot of the things that I read last year, for some reason, I kept on seeing it was just people talking about this and how we should celebrate the new year in the spring based off of like the old school calendar and crops. In, in ancient times all around the world, these different groups and civilizations developed you know, sophisticated calendars, typically marking the first day of the year with an agricultural or like astronomical astrology event. (laughs) I'm trying to be all technical. For example, in Egypt, the year began with with the annual flooding of the Nile. And that was a signal that it's a new year. There's abundance coming. And another example is with the Lunar New Year, aka the Chinese New Year. We see that that coincides with like the first new moon or the second new moon of the winter solstice. And so that's why you see a lot of people celebrating the Chinese New Year usually in February. So we see that still happening today. Um, Also, a lot of indigenous groups celebrated New Year with the arrival of certain animals for the hunt or the appearance of certain large schools of fish. Those things mark the beginning of the year. And even in some parts of the ancient East, the New Year was celebrated in the fall-ish time, I guess September for us, when rains ended the long drought of summer. So that New Year's in the spring thing was eventually deaded when Julius Caesar decided to change the calendar and over time with Christians forcing Christianity on people throughout the world and everyone was pretty much bullied into switching to the calendar that we use today, the 12-month calendar. To me, it makes complete sense that New Year's should be celebrated in the spring and the world seems renewed once again and when everyone's ready to turn up for the, for the spring and the summer. And when the leaves are, you know, coming back, it makes sense. After months of those long nights and short days, it just makes sense. But here we are, we all are really, on January 1st entering the new year. No wonder we can't keep our New Year's resolutions because we're still in the winter and hibernating. We should all, you know, say fuck it and celebrate New Year in March and set our resolutions then. Like I said before, I'm pretty confident that the completion rate of New Year's resolutions would complete if we line it up with the spring and the sunlight and like the seasons. I personally don't do resolutions. I'm more of a word of the year kind of girl. I use it as like my North Star kind of like a theme that I kind of check in with once a month or just throughout the whole year. This year, my word is fearless. I'm not going to go too much into it, but I feel like it's self-explanatory. But just, yeah, not thinking too much about different things, not overanalyzing things and just really going after it. And resolutions never really worked for me in the past. And I always end up forgetting them and then magically remembering them in November and then stressing the fuck out and feeling guilty because I didn't complete them, blah, 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 blah. So with words, unlike resolutions, you can't can't really break a word. And so I like that. And it's easier to remember word or words because, yes, you can choose more than one. I'm always so excited and inspired to choose words for the year. And I never felt that way about resolutions. I never felt excited about them. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? How many things can I lose? Blah, 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 blah. So, yes, I feel like words is such a better fit for me. And if you're not feeling the whole New Year's resolution thing, I challenge you to ditch them. Kick them to the curb and pick a word or two for 2024. I hope you enjoyed this New Year's resolution episode with a mix on the history of New Year's Day. If you did, I would love if you took a moment to leave a review on whatever podcast app you're listening to me right now. Reviews help people find us, encourage them to join us in the event of learning, and it can help brands find me. They'll be like, oh, look at this review by this wonderful listener. Let me check it out. Now, let me give her some money so she can do more episodes. I don't know. I just... 
I just made it up, but you never know who could be reading it. Oprah could be reading your review and you could change my life. <laughs> As usual, I encourage you to check out the show notes or head over to thatwasntinmytextbook.com if you want to take a deeper dive. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and make sure to come back next Wednesday when I do a rewind episode on the history of fresh starts, the science behind new beginnings. And until next time, remember, Knowledge is power.